0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Regional Access. Regional Access is a regional distributor committed to creating sustainable economies throughout the Northeast. For more information, visit regionalaccess.net. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn,
2: Radio for Young farmers, by Young farmers, coming to you now from New Hampshire. I'm here in the new Mercedes Diesel, not that new, but our, it's new to the Brinklands, and we're driving to Maine for the Maine Farmland Trust annual meeting. Um, and I'm joined on the phone by Amanda Austin in Austin, Texas. Hi, Amanda.
3: Hey, Severin.
2: How's it going out there?
3: It's going well. It's uh, super rainy.
2: Oh, that's good. Super rainy is good.
3: Super rainy is good after um, a hot long summer. Yes.
2: Uh, here we had a really long, dry, warm fall. What, what's what been your situation out there?
3: Well, um, okay, so down here in Texas there's there's no such thing as fall. Like one day it's summer and then the next day it's winter. Um, and um, honestly, it, I guess it started getting cold a couple of weeks ago. And when it started getting cold, it started getting rainy. And so we've had like a once a week rain for a good, a good I don't know, three or four weeks. So, so what are you
2: guys what are you guys up to? What's kind of going on in the in the
3: Austin food zone these days? Well, okay, so Severin, I don't want to confuse you, but I'm actually in Denton, which is almost as cool as Austin, but not quite. Um, and um, probably Evan, right, who who connected us, is farming in Austin, but I'm actually up in Denton, oh. so I'm like. I'm like okay, two and a half hours north.
2: Sorry, I wrote off there. I apologize.
3: Oh, that's okay. That's okay. And also, I I'm not hearing you that well, um, so I apologize for any kind of linger. But I'm waiting to hear you. So, um, but you were asking about what's going on um, with food here in Denton, and um, well, really, it, it feels like. Um, we're kind of on the cutting edge, so um, there's not a whole lot happening yet, and, and we are the only um, community farm. There's one other smaller urban quarter-acre plot, um, but we right now are the, are the ones who are kind of spearheading um, with growing in Denton and growing with this kind of community model. So you're, you're what's happening is
2: what's happening, and what else? So the rest of the the rest of the, the rest of the scene in your kind of area is modique supermarkets, suburbia and and not so much local economic action and you're feeling like it's just gonna start happening more and more now and there's a couple of little things happening? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Hearing? So, um <clears throat> we're on our third year. This is our third year. And every year, there's been more and more interest and um i I feel like you know it's it's happening The movement is kind of creeping its way into our area, and uh, people are getting more excited about um locally grown food and getting to know their farmer um, and so for us, that's been really awesome you know because um, because for those people, it's like we're the spot that they come to, and that's pretty sweet for us. Um, but we actually just moved our farm in July from a more rural location. We were like 20 miles outside of the city, and we are now a mile from downtown Denton. Oh. And so
2: that's a big change. And you decided to do it in July because it was so hot you weren't growing anything anyway?
3: Well, it was kind of like <clears throat> um, when the opportunity came, we jumped. And um, July was the time kind of before we were planting our fall crops, and it was, the, it, when it was after the peak of the summer. Um, we also ran a summer camp, which was happening all of June. So basically once summer camp was over and things were kind of slowing in the fields um and it got really hot we we packed up and and moved our farm
2: so so you guys are feeling like a little bit alone there it sounds like um there there is a new young farmers coalition in Texas and i know you guys have been doing some events getting some stuff moving. Um, where do you see, other than kind of summer camp and children's education around farming, where do you see um, your focus in developing the next phase of what's needed in your place?
3: Well, what, are you, um, what
2: is your 2014 plan?
3: You're asking, what's my plan?
2: What's your plan, lady?
3: <laughs> well uh, um, there's a lot honestly there's a lot that needs to happen uh, here for us like politically and uh, kind of fundamentally um, there's a lot of awareness raising that that needs to happen um, you know with just the people who live here in our community um, as well as like we're having some struggles with, be- with urbanizing um, we have to follow a lot of you know the Urban residential rules, which can be restrictive. Um, so, I am excited to kind of be like breaking through these boundaries, although it's like pr- pretty challenging. <laughs> um, but hopefully, that means that like future farms will be able to exist in our small community here. It's really not that small. We have two universities, and I think it's like 125,000 people. Um, So there's plenty of room and plenty of um, opportunity for more farms to happen, plenty of people to serve, and so I'm hoping that we can kind of lead the way um, in that direction.
2: But you're seeing people come by who also have the agrarian itch and are feeling themselves to be part of this movement also and awakening that, or people are kind of like, you guys are crazy. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think that anybody who learns about what we're doing is, is excited about it, um, maybe some more than others, but um, naturally, because we're, like, here with the two universities, we have a pretty big student following. Um, we offer farmer and training programs, um, which means we have student internship opportunities plus volunteering opportunities plus full-time residential intern. Um, and so a lot of students have expressed interest and I, and I expect, I really think that in our future we will kind of um, open up or align with more, more of like a student-based incorporation. I think we'll have a lot more student interns and maybe even have a student CSA. Um, but I feel like I'm veering from your question. Ask me one more time. Are you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I just put it on mute so that there would be no noise. So what am I hearing? I'm hearing you say that you're having to struggle with the constraints of being in an urban area, but you're also having the benefit then of being around all these university students who are thinking broadly about a lot of the context that your work addresses. And are making the connections and are understanding where this urban and peri urban agriculture fits into the project of the future. Um, are there, are they bringing ideas to the table about, you know, what you should do next or what they, what, what the next kind of phase might be or what other related businesses or opportunities might exist for the town, for the place, for themselves? Um, and maybe you could just, I don't know. Give some examples.
3: You know, like I said, it's our third year here, and when we first started the farm, there was no other farms or interest or like um, progress. Um, And we uh, we have recently established a partnership with this really cool community garden. They're a big 14-acre community garden, um, and they're 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 making progress and they're thinking, and that's pretty cool. also, a lot of the students that are coming out and working on our farm are um, interested in this idea of getting a community garden going on their universities, which is pretty cool. And uh, another thing that's happening here in the community, which is, which is great, is that um, a woman has taken on the project of establishing a new farmer's market. So that's called the Denton Community Market, and they're, they're as old as we are. They're about three years old, and it's been really neat to watch her kind of, like, shape and provide a space for, um, for small farms and kind of um, create a space for the community to, to make progress.
2: Like, do yes. you feel confident in being able to get to a middle-class lifestyle based on the market prospect for your
3: visit? Um, do I feel confident in being able to get to a middle-class lifestyle? Severn, I'm trying really hard. <laughs> like, I am working my behind off um, to get to that place, and I, I feel like it's in our future. Um, but uh, I do think that we have kind of peaked off in a way um, to where our farm has, had worked initially, and we like, came fresh on the scene, and we had a good following. And I feel like now it's time to start practicing new ideas and new angles to try to expand that following, because like I was saying, this is a big community, there's a lot of people, and I'm confident that the future will support us, but but we're not there yet, we're, I'm not yet earning that comfortable um, middle class wage by any means. So, um, but I think the exciting part is that there's just so much space to grow here, and I and I feel so... So positive that um, the possibilities in in this community of Denton, for me as a farmer and a farm educator, are are pretty endless.
2: Um, What is your scale? And and it sounds like you're selling mostly direct and through CSA. Um, Do you have any worries or thoughts about this food modernization act that's coming down the pike that I'm... Um, a lot of organizations are doing letter-writing campaigns this week. Cool thing that just happened is a uh, the group that I'm going to give go a talk for this weekend, or this Friday this Thursday, which is a which is a land trust for the first time in their history. They're doing an action alert around um, the Food Modernization Act because they understand its corrosive potential for the local food market and production in Maine. They've really identified this as a big area for trouble. Do you, do you have any um, pre-sentiments around this?
3: Can you expand a little bit on, on the act? Unfortunately, I'm not completely familiar.
2: Um, the Food Modernization Act is a food safety regula- regulation okay. framework that is coming in at the federal level. That um, essentially expands the amount of regulatory oversight for um, direct market producers as well as wholesale producers, and essentially creates much more paperwork and um, and oversight um, for the producers than currently exists. So, like you may be familiar with GAP um, and HACCP as food safety. Uh, uh, Rule and, and kind of um, regulatory process where you have to get trained and set up a system and have your system documented and someone comes and inspects your system. Uh, any of us start hearing any bells?
3: Um, well, I have been following the news a little bit and um, I know that these things are occurring and um, I think that in our region specifically and maybe just in Texas but also in North Texas, um, the whole kind of um, small farm and local farm uh, movement is behind. So I think that I think that our, gov- our like our smaller local government is, is also behind. For example, they it took them two seasons at the community market to understand how. Our local government rules fit inside of the inside of the realm of the community market, like, uh, for example, prepared food, or and even some of our farm products. Um, so, anyways, um, I haven't felt like like that we're going to be affected yet. But certainly, if if we were when we are, it's I think that that's just gonna yes, that is concerning, <laughs> like more hoops to jump through for us as a small farm here.
2: Yeah. My, um, I have an uh, interview with Eric Kern from, who does he, does he does cotton out there in Texas, and he had gotten uh, pesticide drift from a neighbor, and that, or not pesticide, but um, herbicide drift from Roundup, and he doesn't grow round of Ready cotton, but his neighbors all do. And basically, about 400 acres of his land got Roundupified and withered.
3: No. no.
2: And um, he got something like I don't know, a $500 fine was levied on the on the uh, culprit. So it seems like um, it seems like there's not that much. Um, I don't know. It seems like the te- Texas is in its own little world. I uh, totally feels that way. Same, uh, in a d- different way than maybe on the East Coast.
3: Yeah, definitely. I would. I would definitely agree. Um, I actually, I, I did my first farm internship on the East Coast, um, which is where I was influenced to. Try to um bring back home what I saw that was happening up there, right? I thought like, oh my gosh, all of these small farms in this community, and it's amazing, and I thought well, we have nothing like this at home um so then I made it my my mission but yeah I think I think we are kind of in a little uh, world of our own, especially with um big big producers, and when we were out in the rural, in our rural town, 20 miles outside of town, all of our neighbors were major wheat growers, you know, big wheat fields, and so yeah, definitely, I think most people are still thinking of farming as, as a major commercial operation, and um, still trying to wrap their heads around what a farm like us is, what are we doing, and who are we, you know?
2: So you, I remember when you were working with Tim at the Common Ground Farm in Beacon,
3: yeah, and uh-huh.
2: getting all trained up and getting all stuff. I remember that very well, and um, learning how to be not only doing a farm but also the public engagement part of this work. Um, and clearly, it didn't it didn't turn you off, and it kept you going. And it made, and he then wanted to take that project home to your home place, um, have you experienced this this thing that happens when you go back to your home and all of a sudden you realize that you know a lot of people and things are a lot easier than they were when you were an isolated, I don't know anyone, farm apprentice in a new state?
3: Yes, totally. I mean, um, you know, before I had moved to New York for that six-month internship, I had lived here in Denton already for... Um, I think, five years, and so it was, it was really nice to come home to a welcoming community who was excited about what I was proposing to do and then started doing. Um, and, you know, my immediate community here has just continued to expand, and um, I really love it. I feel a lot of support, and, yes, it's, it's pretty good.
2: Yeah, immediate community, I like that. My immediate community. <laughs> because yeah, because we well, at this
3: care. point the farm has grown so much that there are friends of the farm who know about us, but maybe we don't know them that, that well. Um, but initially it was like everybody who was involved with the farm, we knew them and we knew them well. And I think a lot of those people have have continued to stick around. And gosh, we have some volunteers who started with us Immediately, and who are still here, and you know, those are the kind of folks. Like those are the immediate community that I'm talking about. That um, have not, have, they just haven't stopped supporting us, and it's incredible.
2: Well, I, I mean, again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I just, I just feel like over and over again, I see how the farm becomes this little incubator, or. Um, like a little, um, what's the thing with yeast in it? Like um,
3: like a little,
2: just like a little starter culture, and uh-huh. people get started and things get started, and you know, a couple people are doing some stuff, and suddenly there's, you know, six and then twelve, and it grows biologically on this um, more of a colony level than on an individual ge- geometric level. In complexity, and, and it just starts bubbling. And uh, it, uh, as, a, as a means for change, continues to astound me how you know a farm, although we sometimes conceive of it as being kind of a family unit, or you know, or more like a small a small business unit, ends up being more of a kind of tribal or like landscape feature, like an island, <laughs> or you know maybe then a peninsula or an archipelago, um, and it takes on um, it takes on important relevance informationally for a whole bunch of other affiliated initiatives, and it becomes a matrix that enables other, other organisms to grow out of it, not that are not the same yeast, they're a different yeast, um, and so I just, whatever. And you would just continue to watch this over and over and over being um the foundation of so much goodness and also the tribe within which we live and so therefore, you know, the only the thing I like thinking about the most.
3: Well yeah, I um I can definitely agree with that and we I've seen it um I've seen that I've seen that kind of evolve in, in many different ways and I think like through my through myself and my own experience as an intern, and then now here I am, like trying to to pilot like this whole big operation here for my community and um some of our interns have gone on to other farms to do other internships and um, definitely there's just so many different neat things that are happening some Some people that I actually went to college with I was an art student in college have have now like become involved with the farm and been able to carry out some of their um, artistic practices through the farm. So it is, like, you know, so many different neat directions.
2: Well, we're running out of moments here on this episode, but I, um, I wanted to make sure to give you a chance to call out, um, for those who are, you know, interested in getting involved in the farm scene in Texas, Um, I'm sure that they would be welcome to come to your farm and talk to you. What are some other places folks should go to tune in and turn on to the young farm scene in Texas?
3: Sure. Well, it's, um, you know, the networks are still growing, and I I think that the Texas um, chapter of the National Young Farmer Coalition has been really awesome at, at getting some things going and bringing together farmers across the state um, I also um, <clears throat> I also like to be involved with TOSCA, which is Texas Organic Farmers and Growers Association, and they're doing really neat things with bringing farmers together as well. And then, of course, the Southern um, Sustainable Agriculture Working Group, SOG, who's not necessarily Texas, but I think SOG is doing a great job of connecting farmers across the South. Um, but uh, we here in Denton... Our uh, would be so thrilled to have you at our farm, and then there's, um, there's actually uh, two other young farmers they go by the backyard farmers um, I think you can find them online and there's also this big great community garden that we're connected with here in Denton, uh, the Shiloh Fields Community Garden. Um, so pe- people are opportunities are arising for um, to you know join the changes and Um, take part
2: so join the change you heard it here first this has been another episode thank you so much Amanda of Greenhorns Radio Radio for Young Farmers by Young Farmers so glad to announce we have a new producer um, or co-producer with um, um, Evan Driscoll from Texas who has joined the team to help make it happen and Joe and Jack and Aaron over in Heritage it's always fun be on Heritage Radio. I hope you will check out their other programs and support their great work. Talk to you next week.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio.